0: And I hope for your listeners, if there's one thing, stop with all the online gurus and the experts and the SMEs and all the other stuff and really start taking a step back, sit back and watch how people show up every single day. Think about this. If somebody's going, I'll blow you up and you will be the biggest and the best brand and they have 228 followers, probably not a good idea.
1: plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hey everybody, this is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. Today, I have a guest who's really done some amazing work with some largest companies in the world, including Accenture, Ernest and Young, American Express, United, Nike, LinkedIn, PwC and Deloitte, just to name, a few. This is Stephanie Malik, who's the CEO and founder of Smalik Enterprises. It's a firm that's dedicated to serving clients globally who are needing executive transformation, crisis management, business consulting, and she's worked with SMEs as well in delivering the highest level of service to their clients globally. She's been named Female Entrepreneur of the Year by One Planet in 2017, CEO of the Year Goldwinner CEO Awards in 2016, Woman of the Year in Business and Profession by Maverick World Women Awards in 2009, and she is the host of the Spin It podcast. Podcast. And what we're going to be discussing today is really about how do you need to transform as a founder, as a CEO, as the leader within a small organization. As you go through these different stages of growth, what are the priorities? What are the big things that change? How is it that you relate to the people you work with? And how do we actually make the transition to the shifts that we're seeing in business culture and the way business operates today? As we record this early 2022, what are the things you need to pay attention to so you can have success and you can do it the right way? Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here.
0: Thank you so much for having me
1: i'm glad to have you here and i mean you've worked in business consulting and with companies of every size and i just want to see if i could start with a personal preference what have you really liked when you work with let's say startup companies versus big corporations
0: so jason here's the thing i like all of it because everybody is so unique and so individual most of the time when people come to me they start talking about the pain they start talking about limiting beliefs. They start talking about not being able to close. They start talking about not being able to attain or retain top talent. And they don't ever wanna talk about the problem. So my analogy for that is, oh gosh, my back hurts. My back hurts so bad, it's in so much pain. But nobody wants to talk about sitting all day or being sedentary. Nobody wants to talk about what caused the back pain. And so when you ask me a question like that, it's really difficult because I love working with every aspect of human transformation from founders to CEOs, to scaling, to large, large, very, very huge companies, because every ounce of growth within those organizations is different.
1: Mm, I love that. And looking at what the pain is versus the actual problems, it sounds like as we're stepping into early 2022, there is a lot of pain and it's happening across the board, right? Where I might want to point out to the train of the great resignation being something that affects every company. And if you're someone that just recently resigned, you might be starting your own company. And so I was going to say, is this a trend that you're seeing across every single client or is there a particular group you see as being more affected by this great resignation?
0: No, absolutely. 1000% uncategorically every aspect every single person is feeling this i have top 10 you know fortune 100 companies that are losing long-term employees i have people that just signed a 25 to a fifty thousand dollars signing bonus and they're resigning people are done people want culture people want connection people want to be in control of their terms and they want to look at what they're contributing no more are the days where there's like a job description and that's what you follow and you kind of get bonused on that people really want to meld who they are into where they work
1: you know i've seen some headlines that might be saying like this great resignation is about people being generally lazy and not wanting to do the work and that's kind of like the way of pointing the finger that i'd see most people do but are you seeing this being the symptom of a pain and what would be the deeper problem as to why this is really happening
0: Gosh, I feel like that's an entirely whole podcast all on its
1: own. I know it's just the introduction for this.
0: <laughs> Gosh, let me take that in two parts. I probably will not score you any points or additional fans. Cause I believe it's really 50 50. I believe we do have a lazier workforce in general. Now what's the cause of the laziness? Is it you know, not purposeful training? Is it not the correct development? Is it not kind of following your passion or your dreams? you are finding that a lot now. Before I started SME, I ran a business consulting firm that did management consulting around software, SaaS, business integration, transformation, You know, software, okay? And a lot of those people that were involved in my company, I found you know their parents wanted them to be an engineer or their parents wanted them to be whatever. And so now, five, 10, 15 years later, Jason, they're really like, I'm not living my passion. I don't have any desire to you know, be a product manager or be an engineer or do whatever they're wanting to do. They really wanna go out and Find who they are. So that's the first part about lazy. The second part about lazy is a lot of the startups, a lot of the people that start startups have this amazing idea. Okay? The idea is incredible. But having an idea and being a visionary is much different than executing the idea and executing it with style and grace and empathy and connection with the right talent strategy. So people get in and they are like, oh my gosh, there's kegs on Friday or there's golf or there's, it looks like a really amazing culture that they're sliding into. And then they get there and they're like, we're not passionate about the work. The work is just not who we are.
1: I love that you explain it this way and it actually allows me to segue into a bit more of what happens when you are somebody who maybe has done a transition, you're now maybe self-employed, maybe you're starting up the company and you speak about this idea of idea not being the only thing And that you need some more execution or vision, but how can we elaborate on that as more of like a cautionary tale for people who are on their own now and they want to start a business?
0: This is one of my favorite questions. And I don't know if you ever heard me answer this, but I used to coach like Accenture and PwC and Deloitte, and you would get these brilliant partners. I mean, Jason, they were so good. They were brilliant. Okay. But they were brilliant because they had an incredible support team. They had an amazing executive assistant. They were able to pick up the phone and call Conquer for their travel plans. They had concierge at every single level. They had interns and analysts, and they had all these people that were supporting them. So they got kind of that white, that creative space. They got to go in and see what the problem was and actually solution it. And so, you know, I get the phone call. Hey, it's time. It's time. I'm going out on my own. And I'd be like, hold up. Let's take a step back. Who's your support team? And they're like, my wife, my kids. And I said, no, 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 your support team. Who's going to do your expense accounts? Who's going to furnish your office? Who's going to turn on your utilities? Who is going to get your platform set up? Who's going to vet out your audience and your sales strategy? And they literally, you see these people that have run billion dollar businesses and you just see them go like this.
1: And for those of you listening to this, it's basically seeing Stephanie just like sink into her seat deeply.
0: So that's one thing I always start with. Who is your support? And your support is not people that just say yes to you constantly. Jason, great idea. Oh my God, Jason, crush it. Oh my gosh. No, they're the ones that go, you know, Jason, I think I saw something very similar to that service or to that product. Let's bet that out. How do we make that better? Who is your audience? Who are you hoping your audience to be? How come that's your audience? How do you know that's your audience? Why would that be your audience? What's your next service that you're gonna offer? Are you gonna offer a product to? And somebody who's gonna just keep you down the road of your competition is gonna be fierce and it's gonna be tight. How are you gonna stay ahead and how are you gonna be a standout? So that's number one, okay? Number two, as you ask me when they get through this and now they've moved out and they are actually starting their own business, I tell everyone, Have your contracts in place, meet with legal before you do anything else. It's very easy to revise and revamp a contract once you have it all out. But do not, under any circumstances, start your company and start to sell or start to influence without having your contracts in order. You don't have to have your full talent strategy vetted out, but you do need to understand who you are as a leader and how that will permeate down to ignite your culture.
1: I love this. And I think it's a bit of a reality check because it seems like, oh yeah, I'll go on my own and everything's gonna be easy and simple. But these are some real world things that we need to pay attention to. And like you said, we don't have that support team. I've had my own. Call it shock of when I left Mind Valley and I went on my own. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are extraordinarily smart, exactly like you mentioned, that work at Mind Valley. And we're doing million dollar launches. We're doing all this and that. And then they end up on their own. They're like, oh, I don't have a list. I don't have the marketing team. I don't have the social media team, the content designer, the tech team, all of those little things you start taking for granted. So I'm glad you brought this up because it's not to be left aside. When you speak about support team, do you have some key pillars that you think we should look at first if you're starting up?
0: Can I tell you all the things I wouldn't do?
1: <laughs> I think that probably would be more useful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let me tell you everything not to do because I did it twice when I started. So whenever I started, Jason, I was like, i had people calling me or dming me i didn't even know what a dm was okay i had people dming me going hey steph i want to do your branding and i want to do this and i I was like i don't need branding i've closed over a billion dollars in deals like i've done 1.8 billion dollars in strategic deals like i don't need a brand guess what it's very 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 different online and i met with you name your list that you just went through the tech team, the platform team, the copywriters, the sales page, the funnels, I thought funnels was something that you have it like a carnival or something, the funnel kicks, I had no idea. And then you know what I did? I hired experts. I hired gurus. I hired online gurus, the Facebook ads, the platforms, the sales pages, the converting the whatever $200,000 later, I closed zero business. Zero, and you know what they said? Oh my gosh, Steph, that really sucks. The algorithm changed, this changed. We didn't test A and B campaigns. Jason, I felt so down and so low, and I felt such heavy imposter syndrome. Like, had I missed the boat? Was I too old or was I not in the know about what was going on online? And then on top of all that crazy anxiety, an imposter syndrome, I didn't want to be part of the noise. I didn't have any desire to jump in and be another coach, another consultant. that You hear every single day, every day, thousands and thousands of times we're all reached out to. So what I did was I started getting really, really smart about how I spent my time. So I have a metrics, okay? Give, 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 ask. So instead of me showing up to 50 groups. I showed up to five and I gave and I gave and I gave, and then I would see who was active and I would see who would raise their hand and go, I blew it. I messed up. This is what I need to do differently. And I would watch those people. And then after I'd given so much, and so many times I would say, can I have a 20 minute conversation with you? And I would share it with them very succinctly. Okay. Very succinctly. I would come with the list and I would say, I need help solving this problem. And it would be one problem. I didn't suck their time dry. I didn't go, let me pick your brain, Jason. I didn't do any of those ridiculous things. I just said, I have this one problem. Can you give me some ideas? Here's what I've already tried. So that way I didn't waste their time going through what I had already tried. That is what worked for me. And I hope for your listeners, if there's one thing, stop with all the online gurus and the experts and the SMEs and all the other stuff and really start taking a step back, sit back and watch how people show up every single day. Think about this. If somebody's going, I'll blow you up. I will literally blow you up and you will be the biggest and the best brand. And they have 228 followers. Probably not a good idea. If somebody goes, oh my gosh, my content is so good. I'm featured in Forbes and Huffington Post and Ariana Huffington, you know, was on my podcast and all these other things. If that's happening and they have 5,000 followers, that's not blowing you up know your metrics know that if you're online and you're on linkedin and you're posting every single day you should be getting between 25 and forty thousand followers a year if you're posting and you're consistent if you're controlled and you're purposeful that's what will happen don't buy into the bs because you don't want to take ownership of your own destiny
1: that is some powerful message especially since like you said There's so many people that are ready to target people that are just starting off who might not know better. And yeah, there's tons of things that are willing to be made important when somebody that's telling you that have a service that they wanna sell you to solve that problem, which might not actually be the real thing you need to solve. And so I love that. And from what I understand from what you just said is be careful of really hiring a bunch of agencies that make big promises on things that might not even be relevant to your success and give and ways to give. You talk about going into groups, going into communities, Can you talk a bit more? I know this expands a bit more into the tactical, but could you expand a bit more about what are the things that you think are really big successes for you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So this is what I want to say to your listeners. Okay. No, this sounds so ridiculous, but if you can really look yourself in the mirror, look at your brother, look at your sister, look at your husband, look at your wife, why are you different? What is your secret sauce? What is your standout capability? And then talk about that. And so for me, I'm going to tell you mine. Mine is provocative questions, okay? Questions come very easy for me that don't come very easy for a lot of other people. And that was really hard for me. It was embarrassing for me. Like, I was like, who cares? Like, it's so dumb. Like, I need to have something more. I need to have something better. But really, I didn't. And once I got really comfortable with who I was and how I asked questions and what the intent was of the questions, which is always to help, Once I got there, I was able to go into groups, a like-minded group. I'm gonna go back a second. Networks are different than relationships, okay? People go, oh, I network all the time. That's great, network all the time. But what do you do to foster and build a relationship? Network is like-minded people sharing challenges, sharing solutions, sharing information, okay? Relationships are built. They are trusted, they are fostered, they are given to, they take time and consistency and purpose. These are not networks. And so figure out who you wanna network with and figure out who you wanna have a relationship with.
1: If you're trying to stay focused on getting work done and eating throughout the day is something you think about, have to decide, and you're not sure what to do, and you just wish an option was available where the right meal with all of the specifications you want be available to you, easy to make, under two minutes, to get 50% off. That's code SELLINGWITHLOVE50 at factormeals.com slash SELLINGWITHLOVE50 and you'll get 50% off. Not bad.
0: The other thing is, be very, very, very clear in your intention. When I DM somebody, even now at this level, I am clear. Jason, I heard your podcast and I literally felt like I was talking to myself, okay? I think that I could help you in this area, this area, and this area. I believe you could help my listeners. I believe you could help my audience with this, this, and this. Do you have any time for you and I to get together on your convenience in the next 30 days? Don't call somebody and say, Hey Jason, can I pick your brain? Hey Jason, your stuff's super cool, bra. It's really awesome. Can we get together? That doesn't do anything for you. You don't know that you're aligned. You don't know that I've done any research or paid any attention to you. So. When you go into these groups, know who you are. People go, know who your groups are? No, know who you are and what you have to give. What is your ability to give? And what are you expecting back? And if you're going in there and you're expecting something back, your purpose is not going to be met. You go in there to give and to share and then your time will come whenever it's the right time.
1: I love that. And it just makes me realize every time I get a connection request, let's say on LinkedIn, And I just see the generic messages being like, hi, I've noticed that you're a professional similar to me. And I think we could connect and have synergies. And I'm just like, what, (laughs) what are you talking about? So I really love that. And I love, you know, the other one that I often see never happens is people that just connect and you have no idea who they are and why they connected. And so I think actually giving that context and being super clear, I think is a powerful way for people to just make an extra effort. It seems like people don't put in the extra effort. People are trying to cut corners. And the effort is put into a hack that really doesn't build that relationship and maybe is just that networking aspect you speak about, but then that doesn't translate necessarily into a good client. And so I love that you've brought this up and I wanted to do a bit of a transition, which is and this is kind of what we're talking about. If I'm just starting out, right, like these are some critical things I can do to expand who I have relationships with, find my first clients, and really being able to give, like have that mindset of give and know who you're giving to and why you're the one giving it, like just having that clarity. Once I've started having those beginning clients and I need to kind of move over to being more of a scale up, right? So I have my first clients, maybe I've hired a few people. What are our big shifts or big things that we should keep front of mind if I'm an existing business owner, but I'm now starting to not just start up, I'm really looking to scale up?
0: So, What is your definition of scale? Because I believe in maintaining the same dictionary that my clients maintain. So tell me what you think of, what does scaling mean to you? Before I answer the question.
1: I would define it as this. You've actually found product market fit, like you've found a product or service that, you know, people want that you deliver great results. And now you're in a stage where you want to reach a lot more people very fast.
0: Okay. So you have revenue. So I'm going to tell you what I tell every single person that I do this for, because we actually have a service that does exactly this. So we're going to scale. Okay. It's called scale OS. What does it mean? Before you do anything, going from zero to a million is very, very different going from one to 5 million. Okay. So understand your platform, understand what your list can handle, understand who your talent is. So people over everything. I'm not saying to dismiss this talent. I'm not saying to let this talent go. I'm saying we either retrain or retool this talent, and then we hire somebody who's been there and done that. I only believe in having 25% of the people in the company or the organization reach positions. So we know the difference between a founder and a CEO. A founder founds, a CEO scales. And so when you get ready to scale, you want somebody who's been there and done that. You feel trustworthy, you feel like, I'm gonna hand over and collaborate, hand over the keys to the kingdom, at least to be able to have a conversation with and collaborate. People over everything, talent, development, relationship over everything. The reason why is twofold. The first one is, if they believe in you, believe in your vision and believe that you are able to execute, they will signal early when they don't know something is going wrong, okay? Number two, They will not constantly just yes you to death. They will say to you, oh, you know, I was actually thinking of this over here, or you know what, I don't think that would work because my previous experiences shared this. They will not just take your direction or your instruction and run, but they will actually give you a measurable model of pushback, okay? Next, why is your service or your product different? Why? People talk about elevator pitches all the time. You should be able to tell me in one minute why you're different. I don't care if it's a color. I don't care if it's an animal. I don't care if it's a word. It doesn't matter to me. You should be able to make my 11 year old understand it in three seconds. And if you can't do that, then you need some help around that area on why you're different and not only why you're different, Jason, why will you continue to be different as I invest in you? And then number three, I would say. Once you've gotten your talents and that straight and your services, I would say pull the heck out of your current client base with rewards. I don't mean like a survey monkey. I mean like a Jason reaching out, Steph, what did you love? What did you not love? If I gave you carte blanche, Steph, what would you change? What would you never change? I have these conversations constantly. We do it to this day. We do a customer service, client satisfaction, center of excellence survey, where I or a member of our executive team calls our largest clients and our smallest clients and says, what would you change? What would you do differently? What do you love? How am I killing it? And what could I do better? And don't talk, just listen and thank them. Don't get irritated. Don't get annoyed. You don't change who you are. Take the information as though you're an independent organization collecting data.
1: I love that. And I wanted to bring it kind of similar to an earlier question, which is like the don't do's. Are you noticing big resistances from the founder as they transition to this state and were maybe some key don't do's that made of work when you were just starting out, but are no longer the things you should be prioritizing now.
0: For my founders, what has happened and I'm blessed because my founders trust me so innately. So I don't see it with me, but I do see it in their behavior towards others very dismissive, unintentional, I don't mean jerks. I don't mean like, you know, like a big jerk where they pound on their chest and go, you know who I am, I don't mean that. More of dismissive and abrupt and curt and not leading with love or humility or grace or empathy. A lot of leaders, especially founders that are just starting out, and by the way, founders, there could be a two or three or four or five time, I'm a three time founder. I just happened to learn the lesson early because I grew up with a bunch of people who had never accepted that crap from me. I mean, they would have just walked out and been like, no, we're not doing business with you. You know, we can go into this in so many different ways. If you're a woman, you're emotional. If you're a man, you're passionate. We could go through this so many different ways. Know who you are, understand your strengths, understand your weaknesses. Here's the one thing that I say that's very different than many business coaches. I don't want to say work on your weaknesses, I want to say develop keenly your wins, your areas of strength, develop those. The areas of weakness, just don't make them weaker. Don't buy into making those things more weak. Listen, but really focus on your strengths and who you are and why you started the company. Always remember your purpose. So why did you start this company? Why are you different? Who were you hoping to employ and who are you hoping to touch and reach with your amazing service or product?
1: I love this. And I wanted to kind of bring it back to the 10,000 feet up. So we started with bit of the great resignation talked a bit about what are the differences and things we need to pay attention to as we start up again realizing that you're going to need a team around you understanding that when you lead with a give is going to bring you a lot more of the results that you're looking for being careful about what you're trying to hire to solve a pain when you might not understand the problem very well and now we're talking about when we're scaling there's going to be some key things you need to look into including of course working with your talent communicating with your customers being very clear on what is it that you should be scaling and maybe not focusing on the things that might not add even value because you're close to your customers I love all of this and I know you have bigger clients you have the huge clients you work with which I feel here are probably more paying attention to trends that are happening in the world and I wanted to close with this we've seen the great resignation we see that there's some ways that you can start a business have more success as you go on your own if I'm paying attention to this and I'm looking at the world as it's shifting. It seems there's a lot of changes. You've already talked about things like leading more from the heart. What are these big trends that are happening globally that no matter what stage of business that you're in, you need to pay attention to, to be successful as we move forward?
0: Okay. So I'm going to start with time management. This has been massive. So we talked about the great resignation. Let me just tell you that in the last three weeks, I've been on three panels for the great resignation. Okay. And I did not know this, okay? One of the biggest topics was how people manage their time. So some leaders, managers, bosses, whatever you wanna call them, would schedule 7 a.m. meetings. Some of us are teaching children at home. Some of us don't have a car because now the pandemic has happened, we're sharing one car with our spouse. Some of us are not working in an office and we're working from home and whatever is happening. So being unaware of people's personal time or being unaware of how they get to their deadlines was 81% of why some of the great resignation has happened. So time management. So I ask this now of everybody. It drives me crazy. I'm not even going to sit there and tell you it doesn't. It makes me insane. Nobody asked me my time management skills whenever I was coming up. Nobody asked me when I was a founder. I had a deadline. I knew when I had to meet it and I was damn sure going to be early to meet it. Now people have feelings. So we have to morph into how they feel. How are you managing your time management? Do you need any help? Is there anything I can do to help develop you? What are you loving? What has been very stressful and difficult for you? How can I help you in a way, in a manner where you feel supported? That question is getting 20 to 30% of the people to stay. That is getting them to go, oh my gosh, they heard me. They understand that I'm struggling now. The second thing into that is how you develop your people, another key trend, okay? You see all these things popping up, better up, Headspace now that's got like online coaching. When you hire an online coach or when you hire a coach, any type of coach, understand what you're hiring for and not all things are created equal, okay? If you're looking for a sales strategy, that's probably not a life coach. If you're looking for a mindset person, that's probably not a money coach. People hear the word coach and it's freaky. It's like, it's just so big and it's so convoluted. There's not giant metrics. Ask your coach that you have, that you're going to hire. You should have chemistry with them and they should be able to very clearly talk about their losses as well as their wins. If you develop your people, your people will stay. They retain because they feel a sense of connection and purpose within not only you as the visionary, but within themselves within the executor. The last thing I'll say about the Great Resignation is be flexible without being compromised. This is huge. A lot of leaders are feeling, especially first-time founders, are feeling taken advantage of. They're feeling like they maybe are working more on Zoom, they're feeling less connected, but they are feeling sometimes being taken advantage of. Is the pandemic really freaking people out? Is that really happening or are they using this as an excuse? Did they not deliver because they were fatigued or did they not deliver because they went out with friends? You know those answers. Work on developing yourself and your own skill set. Micromanaging is not cool and is more developed and more acute in your business acumen that you can be, the better leader that you're going to be long term.
1: Stephanie, what I love from, you know, this whole interview and kind of the ethos of, of everything you teach, it sounds like you're very firm on not allowing people to be victims, not letting themselves slipped into victimhood, whether you're a leader, just thinking that nothing's wrong with the employees. Like we all have our imperfections. And I think that we need to hold each other to higher standards, because if we don't, guess what? There's going to be other whether it's another country, another company that's gonna have more competitiveness, that's not gonna to tolerate all of these little soft things that have importance, but they're not the key. They are things you wanna consider, but it's not the purpose of the business to be hand-holding everybody. There's a bit of grit we still need to nurture. And I feel like you're bringing that grit back by asking those powerful and answering very boldly what is true to your values. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that. And once again, say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. For those listening, we've kind of went full circle from starting a bit about the trends happening around the great resignation we want to talk about how is it that it's going to be when you're getting started when you're looking to scale and what's happening on the global trend but really you want to make sure you have more of that time management in place we want to make sure if you're operating to know to get those good resources make sure that you're doing things from a give perspective be clear on when you're scaling what you want to scale be connected to your employees be connected to your clients and know what really makes you stand out through and through this has been a fantastic conversation so stephanie thank you so much for being here for those who are paying attention go to the show notes i'm going to put a link to the spin it podcast there might be some more resources you can go deeper in with stephanie and of course keep going out there and selling with love and thank you all for listening
0: thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed it
1: i am your host jason mark campbell and this is the selling with love podcast